Okay. My name is Roma, and this is the intro part. Mm. This is part of the introduction for the Hyperfixation podcast. Uh, this episode does contain uh, a lot of content that might be upsetting for some listeners. So uh, consider this the content warning. The genre of this topic is a horror podcast, an audio drama, if you will. And though we don't talk about every single episode in it, um, we do mention qualities of particular episodes that may be upsetting for listeners, uh, such as body harm, insects, uh, self-harm, even suicide. Uh, they are all brief mentions and we don't delve into them very deeply, but, uh, that's the sort of vibe the Magnus Archives has. So if any of these things upset you or anything that could be adjacent, uh, including things like, uh, Uncanny Valley or anything like that, uh, please feel free to skip this episode, um, or you are welcome to fast forward very quickly and, uh, keep moving on through. Thank you so much, and I hope you enjoyed the episode. I I have it committed to memory. <laughs> <laughs> committed to memory. My friends are very annoyed at me going, Jürgen Leitner, stupid idiot motherfucking Jürgen Leitner. Uh, 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 <laughs> Can you feed us that whole thing? Uh, Jürgen Leitner, stupid idiot motherfucking Jürgen Leitner, goddamn full book collecting dust, eating rattle bastard, shithead idiot avatar of the whole, biggest clown in the circus, laughed out of town, motherfucking Jürgen Leitner. Stop pitting me when I talk about Jürgen Leitner, I hate him so much, why do you have so many fucked up books? <laughs> How do I get context? <laughs> Why is this happening? You can get your context when we get to that dang part of the podcast. You don't sound Russian? How could I sound anything, silly? I'm plastic. I don't even have a voice box. I had to borrow this one. Uh, don't turn on the light. Are you going to kill me? No! I mean, yes, but not for a good long while yet. I don't want you to go to waste. Then, no, then, then, what? Then why are you here? After you attacked poor Sarah, I thought it was about time we had a good old... Welcome to the Hyperfixation Podcast. I am your co-host tonight, Louis Robles. I use the he-they pronouns. Uh, we are a podcast where people come on our show, our friends, and they let us know what they're hyperfixating at for 30 to 45 minutes at a time. And they just get to info dump on us. We're very 
uh, neurodivergent, super all over the place sort of show. But today, uh, with me today is my co-host, Roma. Hello, it's me. I use the they and them pronouns, and I just get to sit in the back seat and listen for once. I'm very excited. <laughs> yeah, I pulled into the to the driver's spot today. Roma let me finally take over an episode, so here it is. Me, me, actually driving the car, and uh, I'll try not to drive us into a damn ditch. Season three, we upgraded from a canoe to a car. It's like yeah. the it's like a <laughs> like a minivan like. The Chevy Odyssey. I don't know what the hell the band's called. Uh, <laughs> I have one that was a town and country. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a town and country. A town and country. <laughs> so essentially, we're in this van right now. We're on a road trip. Uh, I don't know. All of our phones are dead and we need someone to tell us about stuff. So our guest host today is Allie. Hello. Hi. Welcome to the show. Hi, I'm Demon or Ali. I use they, he pronouns and I am in deep with my hyperfixation. Hell yeah. I love to hear it. It has me by the throat. <laughs> oh man, I I get this so much. Your hyperfixation uh, for us today is the Magnus Archives, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I already knew about it from just my own personal listen through, but I loved it so much. I needed someone to hyper fixate at me. So I grabbed Rome by the scruff of the neck and I said, get in here. <laughs> I was tossed into the back of this minivan, but hey, it's cool. <laughs> it's a kidnapping, but you're okay with it. Yeah. You know, I do need to pause and I need to clarify that I have in, uh, I've known Lewis for over 10 years now. And when I was 16, I was the only one in the friend group at the car. And we have, in fact, driven by Lewis and I had a bunch of other friends in the car and we were like, hey, get in. And they were like, no. And then we said, no, you're getting in. And we tossed <laughs> it back to the car. So it sounds awful in retrospect, but it was great in the moment. I <laughs> forgot about that. <laughs> you soon. I remember my fear now, though. I remember being like, no, I'm good. And then just getting grabbed by my backpack. <laughs> and I'm so sorry. Ripped into the car. And it's like, you're getting in, fucker. We're going for tacos or something. I don't know. I don't even I mean, know either. I mean, tacos. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get it. To be honest, I think we went to like a gas station and got like <laughs> lottery tickets or something. Actually, oh, that's probably what we did. <laughs> Slightly no, we less did. impressive. <laughs> For, I don't know. We were 16. I think it was pretty impressive that they sold us fucking lottery tickets. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <sighs> oh okay. my God. Well, enough about me. Allie, mm-hmm. before I just cut you loose and just let you go buck wild with however order you want to take on your hyperfix. I want to ask you a few questions and see, you know, how you got into this in the first place. Okay. Well, I guess my first question is, how'd you get into it in the first place? <laughs> Great question. So I was in college at the time and I'd already started listening to Welcome to Night Vale. Oh, um, great oh, good, 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 good. I think I heard a bit of, I think I heard about it on Tumblr. And one of my friends suggested that I'd really like something called the Magnus Archives. And I I hate new things. Can't stand new things. Um, and so I was like, mm, maybe not. Let's put a let's put a 
damper on that one. And they went, no, it's okay. There's gay couples in it. And then <laughs> went, okay, well, now I'm sold. You know, I have to listen. If there's gay couples, you know, it, what else am I meant to do? Um, and so I went home that night. I downloaded the entire series, which was, I think at the time, like 150 episodes. They were was, was still updating season five. Um, and I listened to it as I walked my dogs, went on my commute to college. Um, and I, I was there when season five finished and I may have cried. I did too. It's completely understandable. It is. When you learn the the ending, it is very understandable. Uh, I'm having a moment. What's your moment? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, Lewis, but I do need to describe this in feeling. So we're in the aforementioned uh, minivan, and you two are in the front seat of the vehicle, and I'm just in the back seat with a hand on each of your seats, just looking back and forth. Between you talking about something that I don't understand, and I'm very excited. It's like my kids when I'm talking to my wife. Oh my <laughs> True. Um, so you so you got into the Magnus Archives back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's good old 2019. I you before back in we the started day. back in the day <laughs> a few yeah. years ago. How did I want to phrase this question? I had it and I lost it. Oh, so. You've listened to the entire series up to this point. Before we started recording, you said you listened to it three times? I'm on my third time. You're on uh, the third I am, one. I'm, what episode am I on? I'm on episode 50? Ayo. Heck yeah. Which, which considering the fact that each episode's around 20-ish minutes, and I started re-listening to it again a week ago. <laughs> I, I, wouldn't, I, I don't want to say impressive. I want to say a little bit sad. <laughs> Oh. You know, column A, column B, lines get a little <laughs> bit blurred. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the same exact way, so I can't judge. <laughs> so weird. Oh, my goodness. Liz, do you have any questions? Because I'm blanking. No, because that, I think that covers most of the beginning times. Yeah, we've established that Demon got into this in 2019. Lewis, you have listened through it once. I have listened to it once. My background is I was also listening to uh, Night Vale and I mm-hmm. finished it. At did least you, I was caught up. Did you finish time. Night Vale? I, yes. Oh my God. I never finished Night Vale. <laughs> uh, it's just constant fuckery on top of each other and I love it. Yeah. No, it's great. I love it. But like, I, I, I think I got to episode 200. And I give up. <laughs> Tap out. I even bought the book, but that seems to have gone missing. I think one of my friends stole it or I lent it out and it just never came back. It disappeared. That's um fair. you remember the episode of Night Vale where it was the episode about you and it was like from oh, your perspective? Yes. So oh. I was I was working as a uh tea tender and I was brewing tea in like a closet-sized room when that episode happened. Um, that closet-sized room had a light sensor in it because, you know, people would walk out of it and not come back for a while, so it would just shut off. So I was listening to that episode. I forgot what part it was, but basically, like, a very loud noise happened and something intense happened, and uh, the light shut off in the room. I fucking lost it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's terrifying. It was, so, it was such a great experience, and I couldn't have timed it any better. Uh, so in retrospect, it was awesome in the moment. It was miserable. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, that sounds about right. Uh, I'm going to take your tangent and raise it. 
with another tangent they have a light sensor uh like a movement sensor in the ben's bathroom at my job and like most uh grown adults at least (laughs) i hope so i use the excuse of having to go poop just to get off the floor and be on my phone for a while oh yeah Uh, let me tell you how terrifying it is to just be sitting on the toilet pants down you know you got to complete the the whole look even though you're not doing it Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah go on and just the lights just turn off and it's pitch black my phone is adjust uh has the light sensitivity thing on so the brightness immediately dims down to almost nothing Uh. and this has happened a few times but the worst time probably was the first when i was in there and that happened i turn on the flashlight on my phone and i'm just muttering to myself like a grumpy old dude (laughs) And someone comes in, they just hear a muttering ass Lewis in the bathroom. Oh my god. It's, it's, what is it, Olin Rogers? It's a Monday skit all over again? Again? Freaking again? Alright, alright, alright. Let's get a little bit on track. That's my 13-year-old reference. If anyone gets it, let uh, me know. I get it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so I listened to Night Vale. I was enjoying the shit out of it. And then, like anyone does, I googled shows like Night Vale. Oh, yeah. And Magnus Archives, I think, was either first or second on the list. But the name didn't catch my eye enough for me to watch it or listen to it. Mm -hmm. But it did stick in my head. And then TikTok said, hey, let me just keep over and over again uh showing you a bit from the magnus archives until mm-hmm. i said all right all right you win and then i fell it, in deep was it the nikola orzanoff part yeah yeah it's, the nah. yeah. it's, it's a good bit i like it it's the creepy. voice acting is phenomenal like every part oh, of the show so but that specifically it's the way it's portrayed i'll, I'll mm-hmm. let i'll let you get to that when you get to that but mm-hmm. It, it successfully raised the hairs on the back of my neck where I'm like, I, I got to listen to this now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Roma, do you have any experience with uh, Magnus Archives? Uh, oh, shoot. I get to. Okay. So uh, also we've spoken about before we started recording, uh, we, we kind of just touched base with each other about our experience levels. And uh Unlike these two, my only experience with the Magnus Archives is through fandom, like, artwork and stories on Tumblr. And that's been like that for years. So uh, through my college years, uh, Tumblr has shown me a great deal about the Magnus Archives. And I just went, mm, I love that gay couple. I don't know what their <laughs> deal is. And I hope the one with the long hair is okay. <laughs> he is not. <laughs> um so I just I just really enjoyed them and uh anytime I've anyone's brought up the Magnus archives I'm just like oh yes I love those two I just they just look so damn happy together and the dude has a bunch of green eyes around him it's just so great but then just kind of stop there uh I haven't been a podcast listener kind of person for until probably the end of my college years into now so I think now is probably when I'm going to begin my Magnus archives journey officially but we'll see we'll see how this episode mm-hmm. goes maybe i'll learn everything i need to know whom's gonna say doubtful doubtful <laughs> i mean there's a lot to get into yeah so 
uh, I feel like we're getting close to the transition part where we can start the timer, but I would like to make a request to somebody who doesn't know a lick of anything that's happening. Okay. okay. And I'm sure you already have it, that intention, but can can we do like a very quick overview and a little bit of structure for, for me or other people like me, and then y'all can run off with your excitement? Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, Louis, do you have a timer? Yes. Cool beans. The the timer that I'm not going to acknowledge at all. I'm going to switch tabs and then not look at it again. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's right here. The best kind of timer. <laughs> it's really just the car radio clock <laughs> mm-hmm. to keep this bit going. I have to rename this voice chat that we're recording in. It's called The Canoe, but I think I need to call it The Town and Country. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Demon, take the floor and just kind of give me an overview structure of like the gist of how the show is. You know, like I, 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 I can definitely do that. Hell yeah! And then we'll just run from there. So, this is a horror podcast um, depicting the the main character's um, work through as he works for a place called the Magnus Institute. He gets the job as the archivalist. Uh, arch- head archivist after the previous archivist uh died on the job ao uh, not ao <laughs> not ao <laughs> not a okay no um and throughout the seasons uh stuff happens to him and his friends regarding the stuff that they study within the institute so the 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 artifact storage is places where they hold artifacts relating to statements given through the archive and then they have library uh dedicated to paranormal events so basically anyone who's doing any sort of university course or college course regarding paranormal paranormal activity they can come into the magnus institute and request files through either statements or books and they can request to look at artifacts to better understand their study um Unfortunately, what they they specialize in is fear. Um, and there are 14 fears. I had a list of them. One minute. There's 14 fears that they that they tend to focus on, coined by a famous architect called Robert Smirk. Um, and it's the buried, the corruption, the dark, uh, the desolation, the end, the eye, the flesh, the hunt, the lonely, the slaughter, the spiral, the stranger, the vast the web and the extinction the problem is once you start categorizing stuff it's hard to figure out what category they belong in because there's certain situations where it could be one or the other or there's certain situations where it could be a multitude of fear happening all at once and you can't quite make a distinction oh my goodness (laughs) yeah so this so it's it's easy to say this is a spooky podcast it is it is a spooky podcast, but I've only ever been scared once to the point ah. where I've had to stop listening. So it's like a charming spooky. It's it's uh it's one of those spookies you can listen to um mindlessly whilst you do other stuff. Um, ah. and if you tune in, then you start to get a little bit paranoid. <laughs> I love to hear it. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so this great. tracks. Yeah. So when you start listening to it the first couple episodes sound like they're completely unrelated uh it just sounds like um you know those reddit youtubers that will do like scary stories oh creepypasta yeah creepypastas it kind of sounds like one of those where each statement is completely separate story that has like happened in its own like mini universe kind of 
mm. how they're like completely separate. But once you hit like I think it's like episode five or something, stuff starts to like sync up, and and you start to hear names repeated. You start to hear certain details that repeat themselves, and you you start to connect the dots, and you're like, so much is happening all at once. And there is so much detail packed in that you have to listen to it multiple times to get everything. Look at that re-listen value. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Also, do not worry about like missing a name being taught uh, said again, because due to its uh, nature as an archival podcast, the archivist uh, will actually make comments himself into... He does. He does. It's very useful. He he will... He. I think it's around episode season two, he starts at the end. So he'll read a statement and then in season two, he'll read a statement and then give a supplemental on what's happening. So he'll be like, statement ends. Supplemental. <laughs> in that tone as well. It's very funny. And it'll be like the most random crap. And he'll talk about like stuff that's happening to his co-workers. Um, it could be conversations with avatars of the fears. Uh, it could be conversations with his boss. It'll be it, it's the, the supplemental is just kind of like a, an overview of what's happened in between like the previous episodes up until now. Mm-hmm. It's 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 real good. I will say the thing that drew me in in the beginning in season one is how dismissive the archivist is mm-hmm. working in a paranormal place and reading yes. the stories and then he'll finish it up and then he'll be <laughs> like man that's kind of just bullshit yeah i so he, love like, that these these characters will give you like the most in-depth trauma they'll be like sat in their chair shaking crying from fear and like two seconds later he'll be like well clearly this can't be real because no one can verify it and blah blah and like you're like john shut the fuck up yeah <laughs> He'll say He's some shit like that, and then right afterwards, he'll be like, the weird thing is, though, X, Y, Z, and he'll say something that clearly points to, this actually happened, but he's just so dismissive about it. Yeah. <laughs> kind of want to shake him. Yeah, it's, oh. Damn. Season one, John, is so frustrating. He's so colorblind to his own red flags. God damn. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but, like, he admits why he does it in season, well, yeah, in season two, like the end of season one, season two. Yeah. Um, he admits that the reason that he's so d- dismissive of everyone's statements is because if he if he's, he thinks that if he starts to believe them, if he admits that they're correct and real, then it becomes so much more real and it is something to be scared of. And he doesn't want to submit to that fear. That's super valid. It is. Like, you can understand why he does it, but it's still yeah. like... A- so so frustrating oh my goodness this is getting me into my supernatural times with that i don't know if you if any of y'all watched supernatural and lewis you definitely didn't watch supernatural i watched supernatural you did uh i tried to re-watch it but uh i started watching it with my wife and then i was on wow. second shift at the time and then uh i came back home and she was many episodes ahead of where we were <laughs> so i gave up ah uh, well it's there's fun. an there's an, there, the reason why I bring up Supernatural is there's an episode where they're at like a college campus or something and there's an abandoned house for some theology students or whatever or religious studies students uh, painted sigils mm-hmm. all over this room. And in one of the sigils, uh, if you had enough people believe in something, it made it real. And so it was making fake monsters real. Um, and I thought that was a really cool episode. But now... Uh, 
it makes me like worried of like the same the same kind of thing that Jonathan Sims is experiencing of, well, if I start to believe it's real, then it is real. And then I, yeah. I can't handle that. So it's not real. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, I, I made a post on Tumblr that said there was literally just like one thing I've learned from the Magnus archives is don't go into abandoned buildings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'd think to they fair, would learn that lesson. Yeah, to be fair, that's mostly when like all the spooky stuff happens. The second they go in into abandoned building, everything becomes like ten times more scary, and you're like, maybe John should stay away from that abandoned warehouse. Mm-hmm. Let him stay outside. Yeah, let <laughs> him. Let him just. You know what? He can go home, have an ice cream, just chill. Let him play Minecraft, man. <laughs> <laughs> On a game. <laughs> oh my god, that does remind me of this. My favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite memes is um, Elias saying to Peter, Peter, I don't care that you want to play. Um, no, Peter, I don't care that you want to play Minecraft on my laptop. It doesn't matter how lonely it makes you feel. Oh no! <laughs> it's so good. Uh, uh, Roma, oh. you won't get that joke. You'd have to listen nope. to the podcast. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so i forgot to mention that uh, each fear has avatars linked to those so those are people that were so overcome by this fear that they eventually became part of the fear and then feed on other people's fear of their fear and they see <laughs> i'm saying fear a lot they basically see their fear as like a deity well some do some don't it, it kind of depends so like there's there's people of the dissolution so they're the they have a little mini cult called the did something of the lightless flame and basically they just enjoy sending fire to things they're basically just pyromaniacs but they they set fire to things in the idea that their fear deity will um appease like, like appease them and then give them endless life which i mean for some it does for some it doesn't what a gamble it really is a gamble. Ali, let me just apologize if I keep cutting in here too much where you're supposed to be our hyperfixator. <laughs> it's okay, I get it. But the how much of a gamble it is to kind of just be at the right place, wrong time to one, be so overcome with fear, a specific fear to get this thing and become a... a an acolyte for them and potentially even become an avatar for them. It's, it's Mm -hmm. such a gamble to just kind of put your faith in it full heartedly. And most of the time for what a good 90 to 99%, it does nothing for the individual unless they are the actual avatar. Yeah. For the majority of the time, it does kill them. Um, True. But again, John is so dismissive of it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there's 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 this one guy in season one he's deathly afraid of spiders and a week later after giving his statement he's found dead in his home um in a cocoon of spider web that's some night veil shit and john's like it must it's unrelated you know there's just so many spiders in his house it's completely unrelated to anything that he talked about and i'm like is it john is it now? <laughs> is it? Mm, are we sure about that? <laughs> Wasn't the like uh, end thing that John says there is, you know, the coincidence thing is, it's reported that there was a big fat spider like right outside the room after he gave this statement or some shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> or it's the like, statements. Oh. The fucking spider's like, take it back. Take it back. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't say fucking anything. Shut the fuck up. And get into your house. 
piece of shit. I'm gonna wow, get my I boys. You. <laughs> I'm gonna get my boys with me, and we're gonna take you out. You're done. Yeah. The only problem is because because it takes it talks about such such extreme fears. Um, there are a lot of trigger warnings. Um, and when I say a lot, I mean a lot of trigger warnings. And each episode has very specific ones. So one of my favorite episodes in the first season, I think it's first season, it's called Piper. Um, he he's basically this um this entity of the slaughter. So um it's it's it tells the story of Wilfred Owen in in World War Two and how he sees the Piper and that saves him from dying. And then the Piper comes to collect him after the war ends. Yeah. Oh, and I love the Piper so much. I just love his little tune. He has bagpipes. It's great. Does he come with mice? No, but he. I think he has. He's either got three or four faces. One of which is a constant scream. One of them is a battle cry, and one of them won't open its mouth because when it does, blood and dirt pours out from it. Oh my goodness! Oh yeah, no, there are some heavy trigger warnings, but like it is juicy. Hey yo, I'm I'm fascinated by mm. everything that you've told me so far because now like puzzle pieces are starting to come together. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. Have you watched Blue Lock by chance? I have not. Okay, well it's it's pretty much like I I was a a puzzle and the puzzle pieces came off of me and then now that I have new information the puzzle pieces are reforming and I'm getting a better picture of what's going on here. Yeah, and I love what I'm hearing. <laughs> yeah. So so John John. So actually I should talk about Jonah first. So Jonah Magnus was the guy who started the the institute in like 1818 or something and he he was enthralled with the idea of obtaining as much knowledge as as physically possible um and so he became an avatar of the eye or as some call it the beholding and it's the eye is basically the fear of being watched or like of someone knowing stuff about you or like knowing your like deepest secrets um so i feel like we all kind of fear the eye in some way mm-hmm. um and so he does his best to try and hold on to being the head of the archives uh the head of the institute um and so over time he he re well he i don't it's weird he does this ritual where he becomes the new head of the institute by hiring someone else and becoming them um, and so Elias Bouchard isn't actually Elias anymore. He's not there anymore. He's basically dead. But Jonah is pirate. He's like, um, um, what's the word? He's basically like controlling his body. He like possesses him. Yeah, oh, in a way. He's doing yeah. a ratatouille. Yeah. yeah. A, a, <laughs> a little bit. Um, a little bit. And so he. Um, but he um he hired John as the head of the archives because he's been um I don't want to say touched touch isn't the right word he's had the influence of the web which is the fear of being controlled when he was younger he read a book from Jürgen Leitner's library fucking idiot Piece uh, of called shit. a ghost <laughs> uh, a guest for Mister Spider um in which this this 
spider gets guests around his house. He 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 eats the guests, and he always continues to say that he's still hungry. Um, so he he hires John as the head of the archives so that he can get him to be influenced by more and more of the fears. Uh, and so each season like picks a fear and runs with it. Um, so the first season's the corruption. The second season is the stranger. Third season, what's the third season? The lonely, maybe. I can't remember what the third season is. I don't remember the third season very well. Uh, and then the fourth season, no, the fourth season's the lonely. And yeah, then the because fifth that's season, when it gets Martin, right? Yeah, the fifth season is the extinction, which is a new fear that's come around rather recently. I'd say around the fifties. That's when. The Cold War was starting to escalate and people were fearing more and more about a uh, nuclear uh, explosion. So the extinction is basically the fear of everything just ending, a world-ending apocalypse. Um, that shit fucked uh, me up when they introduced that, a brand new fear and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, it was it was wild. But, um, yeah, so each, each fear has their own little avatar and John becomes involuntarily becomes the avatar of the eye um, mainly because everyone's keeping him in the dark and no one will tell him actually what's happening but that plays into Elias's plan of making him the avatar of the eye but there's only other I think there's only ever only ever one other person who is unwillingly an avatar and that's Agnes oh I love Agnes Agnes is just I love her so much so she she was uh, born an avatar for the lightness uh, for the dissolution, um, and they basically raised her as a has like, as basically like a mini deity, um, as like a re reincarnation of the idea of the dissolution of the lightless flame, um, and the idea that she will one day bring the lightless flame closer to Earth, closer to their realm, so that they can take over, um. That doesn't happen uh, because Gertrude, the old head archivist, she ties herself to Agnes in a soul bonding way, but they've never actually met, which is kind of funky. And then this one guy pulls down a tree in Agnes's old house's backyard and takes an apple out of a box. And then that signals to Agnes that she needs to off herself. Ayo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it gets dark. But they um they touch on the topic. They're like, "What was Agnes like?" Um, and my favorite quote of the series about Agnes is, "I never understood the phrase like a deer in the headlights until I looked at her for the first time." Oh, oh it was so good. That so episode good. alone really hurt me. Yeah. Uh, this <sighs> poor, this poor dude. That that dude, I do I don't remember what that dude's name was, but he he fell in love with Agnes, not knowing what she was. And uh, on the day where she uh, when when the tree got pulled down, um, she put her hands to his face and kissed him. But because she's an avatar of the lightless flame, she's like burning hot. So in the process, she burned his entire face and left him disfigured. Um. And it's it's so sad because this little this like dude who worked in a coffee shop just wanted to get to know her. Um Aww. but she 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 wants to um 
I think the way that they put it is a calm, quiet death. Um, with the idea that if that happens, that she will one day return to the lightless flame. All because of the one insidious of emotions. Hope. And I, I love Agnes so much. Um, I, I love the idea of her, but I don't think I'd like her as a person. <laughs> to be fair, she never really wanted... Like, she no. didn't have a choice. And then when this guy showed interest, it was like the first time she was treated as a person and not as a deity. Yeah. Yeah. No, she, I think she quite, she reveled in that a little bit too much. Yeah. Um, because, you know, when you're getting treated like a deity your entire life, you, you don't know how to connect with people. Um, and it's just really sad. So, like, him, what, well, Agnes and, John are the only two people that really didn't choose. They were just kind of, it was just kind of like forced upon them by other people. Um, Martin did didn't choose a... the lonely. Mm, he did though. But he, he didn't choose it. It chose him. And then after like maybe a, a couple of episodes of fighting it, I feel like he just jumped. Like he, he hugged it like a sweet embrace of like, you know what? Oh, I am sad and lonely. Yeah, a lot happened to him so john went into a six-month coma and then his mum died so like a lot happened to him in such a short like six months span that it kind of like just peter lucas taking over the institute couldn't have happened at like a worse time um he made, yeah, he made martin, him into the lonely he did it was really sad so martin at some point he gave in he gave in and just kind of resigned himself to being lonely and this was the pivoting point of them getting into a relationship. John decided to go into the lonely and use his powers as an eye avatar to find where he is and convince him to come back to the to to the world and to resign himself to not being lonely. And it's so sweet. Oh, it is so sweet. It is. It's amazing. And it's ever more amazing considering that he, at that point, became the avatar. So therefore, the embodiment of loneliness. So he, John convinced Martin to essentially turn away his his instincts. Yeah. It's kind of like how you have the like the feeling to like be like when you feel like you're hungry and you need to eat. It's like denying that instinct. And it's oh, that in alone is such a strong thing to do, and it's so sweet that that John and Martin managed to do that together. I had points I wanted to talk about, and I completely skipped past all of them. That's valid. <laughs> that yeah, we had that effect on people. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the one thing I wanted to talk about is like not them, the not them's. So the stranger. Oh, I forgot about Jane Prentice. Which comes first? Oh, Jane Prentice. Let's talk about her first. So Jane Prentice is a bit of a bitch. <laughs> she's um she's a bit strange. So she finds a she's quite lonely herself. I don't remember why she's lonely, but she is. But she finds a supposed wasp's nest in her attic uh, and decides to touch it. Because you know why not? Simply because they promised her love. Uh, and so she becomes literally a flesh hive for worms. These parasitic worms, one inch in length, and they're silver, and they are disgusting. So she's an avatar. <laughs> yeah, she's an avatar of the corruption. 
and um oh i just hate it i hate i like i like her character but i hate the idea of the worms i can't i can't stand it um she 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 um she decides to tail martin back to his house yeah as you do and- Yeah, and she kept him. She stood outside his front door for 13 days whilst he was stood inside his house with no phone, no access to the internet, and like barely any food. (laughs) And and because she she has his phone because he dropped it on the floor whilst he was trying to run away from her. And because she has his phone, she keeps texting the archive to tell him that he's not coming in because he has a stomach bug. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's so toxic. It's so bad, but it's so funny. The idea that she says she he has a stomach bug because she's an avatar with bugs. <laughs> so funny. But in the process of all that, um so anyway, Martin escapes from that, goes to the archives, where he lives in the archives for four months whilst she gathers an army of worms. In that uh this this fake delivery company called Breacon and Home. They're avatars of the No, they're not avatars. They're not they're not human. They're thingies of the I wonder what you call them. I don't know. But they they're part of the stranger. So they they have really fake cockney sounding accents. But if you were to describe them, you'd describe them as normal looking. Because you can't quite grasp what they are. But they deliver something, uh, they deliver this table, and it's like this table with fractals and really mesmerizing patterns. And so when Prentice attacks the Institute, Martin and John get locked in this temperature and humidity controlled room in which John asks Martin if he died there and is a ghost. Don't don't know why he did that. A Um, little sus. A little sus. Tim. Oh, I've completely forgot about Tim. Little Tim? <laughs> there's there's an archival assistant Ooh. called Tim. He's he's bisexual and very sexual. Uh, he's very, yeah. he's he's very flirty. Best. He's very flirty and flamboyant and we love him. Um he dies. <laughs> I love Tim. <laughs> yeah, Tim's great. He um anyway, Tim gets trapped in the tunnels which is where the worms came from. And Sasha, another archive assistant, she's really sweet. I love her. She She's the one that originally met Michael. I've not even talked about Michael. <laughs> Mike? Michael. Anyway, so she gets tracked in the artifact storage where the table is, and the table is connected... Well, it, the table restrains not them. Um, and so she gets locked in there with the table. The table uh, releases not them. Well, not releases, but the table brings along the not them. And then the not them take over Sasha to create not Sasha. So Sasha is now dead. But no one knows that she's dead because the not them replaces people's memories, but it can't replace analog. So, like, um, you can't replace tape recordings and it can't replace uh, Polaroid photos. And so in in the scuffle of, of Jane Prentice attacking the archives, um, not Sasha hides all the tapes with Sasha, like original Sasha's voices on them. 
Um, anyway, someone who had recently had previously given a statement to the archive commented on the fact that she can't find the original Sasha, just the new Sasha. She comments that it's weird to hire two Sashas. And they're like, but we haven't hired two Sashas. There's only one. She's like, oh, well, that one's different. Um, she's different. <laughs> uh, Michael. Michael. There's actually, I mean, there's technically three people called, well, four people called Michael. So there's Michael Shelley, the original archival assistant of Gertrude Robertson. There's Michael, uh, the one with the doors. There's Michael Crew, the, the avatar of the vast. And then Michaelia Salesa. He's technically a Michael because Michaelia is basically just a foreign version of Michael. Um, but the Michael I'm talking archive. about. Yeah. <laughs> It might as well be. Out of like the 50 characters, there are four named Michael. I mean, why not? And the main character is named after the voice actor for him. Oh, no, John is one of the creators of the show. <laughs> Hence why it's named after him. Um, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, they, they co-created him and, and Alex. Anyway, so Michael, Michael the Distortion... He, he's, he, I don't want to say he is the hallways, but he has a door and hallways and they make no sense. There are no left turns. No, there are no right turns. But if you make a left turn, there are suddenly no left turns, only right turns. And they don't make any sense. I mean, you will literally go in circles and never be in the same hallway twice. Um, Isn't there like mirrors lining the hallway also? There are, there are, yeah, there are strange mirrors. They look, they don't show a picture of you. They show like those funhouse mirrors where they distort you. Um, and then there's like paintings of things, and the wallpaper changes color, and the floor, the carpet has spiral designs in it, and it's very interesting, honestly. John describes him as having a laugh like a headache. And it is such a good description, but I love his laugh. Honestly, his laugh is great. <laughs> I could listen to it to mm. fall asleep. It's so good. Um, so he takes in someone called Helen. Um, I should just I should talk about how Michael became Michael. So before Michael was Michael, um, he was someone else, but I don't remember who he was. But he, to be fair, he wasn't actually Michael. He says that he that's a certain identity, certain type of identity he can't retain. So he's not technically Michael, but he's also not the spiral. He's somewhere in between being a person and not a person. Um, but Gertrude basically fed Michael to the hallways and gave him a map to become Michael as a way to control the distortion, uh, to stop a ritual from happening, to bring them closer to earth um to their realm um mm, the rituals the rituals i'm getting to that Fuck so Christ. <laughs> <laughs> about uh... the rituals. <laughs> so michael takes in helen and i love helen helen's a boss bitch i love um, me a boss bitch she is so after spending when i mean this literally after spending months in the hallways she eventually finds the right mirror to break through to become the new distortion so michael gets replaced by helen and helen well to fair michael was about to kill john um 
just for fun, really. No reason other than that. And Helen's like, oh, I don't want to deal with that. So Helen becomes Helen. Oh, that's very confusing. Um, <laughs> it's so confusing. Uh, Helen becomes Helen and saves him. Is like, would you like to come into the hallways? I can take you back to the institute because he's being kidnapped by Nicola. And they form a sort of alliance until the end, in which um, <laughs> one of my favorite lines comes from it. And he and John's like, Helen, was that a lie? And and Helen's like, no, no. He's like, Helen, got you rattled. Oh, so good. Oh my gosh. I, it's so good. I, I think one of my favorite lines or like repeating things uh, was John constantly accusing Helen of shit and Helen being like, listen, that wasn't me. And he's like, no, like, fuck you. You were Michael. You did this. And now you're Helen. So you're still, it was still you that did it. It was like, yeah, it was me, but it's not me, me. It's not the me now. That was the me before. Yeah, yeah. It's great. It's great. So the rituals. So again, because these avatars see the Fizz as their deities, they don't actually know what the Fizz want. They can just assume that they want something. And to fair, most of mostly their assumptions are correct. So they perform these rituals, uh, very specific to the type of Fizz. So Nicola, who is a avatar kind of of the stranger she's um she's not actually a human she's a mannequin that is wearing someone else's skin i hate that <laughs> yeah i <laughs> don't need that and mm-hmm. at one point um so she wants to get the oldest piece of taxidermy in the world to wear it so she can dance the world new her quote, the actual quote from the show, so she can dance the world new. I love that. She was so confident <laughs> that it would work. Anyway, Gertrude destroyed it and literally set this piece of taxidermy on fire. So she she kidnaps John and sends Brecon and Hope, bear in mind these are two burly fake cockney people, out to, to Boots, the drugstore. So like our version of like CVS. Okay. <laughs> to get um moisturizer so they can moisturize john so she can wear his skin oh moisturize yeah me. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a funny image just to see these two burly dudes looking at a bunch of moisturizer going okay this one's a bit greasy this one has a white cast oh this one this one looks okay you know <laughs> Their cockney accent is what makes it so much better. Like, whoa, what's all this? (laughs) I can't do a cockney, but if I could, I would. But oh, it's so good. And so Tim, his brother was actually killed by the stranger. I don't think it was Nicholas specifically, but it was the the fear entity, the stranger. So he went he went urban exploring. Again, this is why I get the idea of don't explore abandoned buildings he went urban exploring in a um in a a basement of a basement in a random i think it was the opera hall the the old uh, the albert opera hall in london um because london is just built on top of another london what and so yeah did you not know that london is built on top of the ruins of another london that's kind of 
that's kind of badass actually you know, i think there might be three layers because there's the layers of like medieval times and then there's <laughs> the layers before before the world war Two when all the german bombings happened and then oh, you know there's what? obviously the layer that we see nowadays that actually um, makes more sense because there's part like I, I've, you know, I've, I've learned history, but I never put two and two together. That hey, yeah. maybe you do need to rebuild after that, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's anyways, metal so as goes... fuck. I'm so sorry. That's just like, <laughs> yeah, I'm built on the bones of my old grandfather. Yeah, the bones of my bones. <laughs> <laughs> I could go into a whole other tangent about Victorian parks, but that's for a different day. <laughs> that's for next another season, episode. We'll be on. <laughs> That is. <laughs> I know too much about random places in London. Anyway, um, so so he goes open exploring, gets killed by the stranger, and Tim starts working for the Institute to try and figure out what happened to his brother. And so he, when the um, when the whole ritual for the stranger is happening, he he says to Nicola, "Maybe she. Uh, are you stressed? You sound stressed." Maybe you should go see the circus. I hear the great Gamaldi's in town. Gamaldi is the person who created her, essentially. Um, and sets off a bunch of C4. And they all... Well, no. Tim dies. Daisy gets hidden in a coffin. I'm not even talking about Daisy. Daisy's a whole other thing. Daisy gets <laughs> hidden by in a coffin. Basira barely makes it out alive. John's in a six-month coma, and everyone in the Strangers, like, realm, except for, I think it was Breacon? Yeah, no, except for Breacon. Everyone except Breacon died, which I find funny, because later on, they talk to Breacon, and Breacon says, well, Hope died. And then, I think it was John said, well, that's a bit ironic, isn't it? Really insensitive, because as, as a monster that's whatever he is it's, it's, it's like, like his other his, half it is it is his other half and it's so funny he has no reason to say it but he does i laughed real hard at that because like yeah john dunked on his ass fuck that dude yeah and so whilst john is in his six-month coma the flesh attack the institute and this guy called jared Gerard, jared no jared gets Doug in Helen's now Helen's doorway uh, hallways, um, and he's basically like this bone collector. He collects other people's bones in him, so he's like this seven foot tall, very strange looking man, and he's just like he's mostly bone, um, and he's very strange looking. He gets stuck in there, um, and and so Daisy, Daisy is Daisy becomes an archival assistant but not willingly. Um, but she's an avatar. She becomes an avatar of the hunt, which is the fear of being hunted or being prey. Um, because she is, she's basically a monster hunter for the police. Um, and her other police friend, Basira, they help John with uh, trying to solve out, uh, trying to figure out who killed Gertrude. Uh, because she did not die willingly. She's not the type of person to die willingly. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was not. Turns out she was actually shot at her desk uh, three times and then hidden in tunnels. Very strange. Oh. Um, oh. Uh, Excuse me. So she... What was I up to? I've completely forgotten. <laughs> um, it's confusing. 
the flash, the flash, right, Jared and Basira and Daisy. Oh, yeah, Daisy gets stuck in a coffin, which is part of the buried. And John has to go in to get her to help Basira because Basira is depressed that her girlfriend is in a coffin. Yeah. And is potentially dead. Um, the co- so John John goes to Jared, who is, you know, the bone grifter, and asks him to take a bone out to keep it, like to have an anchor in the real world so he can go into the coffin and save Daisy. And so Jared is like, fine, but I have a request. I will give you I will take I will give you one of your bones if you give me one of yours. And John's like, I can accept that. However, if you take one of my bones, you have to give me a statement. And so yeah. Jared gives him a statement, um, <laughs> which is just hilarious, very funny. And then takes two of his bones, one uh, a rib for him and then a rib for John. And then John leaves the rib on his desk and goes into the coffin to save Daisy. And they're in there for well. John is in there for three days, and Martin, who is uh, slowly but surely being indoctrinated into the lonely, gets really, really concerned for him uh, and starts leaving cassette tapes, uh, cassette players, playing statements all around John's office to try and anchor him to the real world. They eventually escape. Basira's happy that her girlfriend's back. Daisy's upset because she's trying to resist hunting people, which is a valid thing to do. Um, <laughs> and then, and then, so Peter has taken over the Institute because Elias got arrested for killing Gertrude and Jürgen Live didn't even talk about the murder of Jürgen Leitner. Well-deserved. Uh, <laughs> it was very well-deserved. So Jürgen Leitner is this absolute dickhead who, collect- who collected fucked up books um and he, he puts his name on it <laughs> yeah he literally stamps his name in the first page like he not only collected these weird books but he commissioned these weird books so he's not even like this is like not his fault it is 100% his fucking fault so, so anyway surprisingly his library gets burnt down the books all survive, and someone then steals the books. Hurt Michael Crew, fucking dick. <laughs> <laughs> and then Michael Crew distributes them around like the UK. Um, and there's two. Uh, there's two that I remember him vividly for. It's Excelsiora, which means from the heights, and it entails this story of this village and. Um, this large creature is coming towards them and every time he take this large creature takes a step closer to them they have to rethink their previous idea because it no longer works because he's bigger than they imagined and then oh what was the other one the bone turner's tail which is the one that jared steals so that he can collect people's bones <laughs> very connected anyway jürgen has been living in the tunnels under the institute because he's a dickhead and he realised that people hate him for the, his stupid fucking books. Yeah. And so um, he, he's been living under the, in, the, in the tunnels. And one day, John finds him in the tunnels after trying, to, uh, after trying to escape, not Sasha, after he stupidly destroyed the table. Um, and so he, he gets a statement from Jürgen 
And Jürgen's basically saying, oh, I did it because I'm rich and I was bored and this was fun. <laughs> that was his actual reasoning summed up. Yeah. <laughs> he's uh, so stupid. He's such a piece of crap. Uh, I I don't know if I just heard it wrong, but I I before thought that it was like, these books were already made, and for some reason he said, that's cool, I'm just gonna stamp my name on that shit and say that it's mine. So, so that did happen, but he also commissioned writers and bookbinders to make <gasps> books for him. Yes, he did. I forgot about that. Yeah, I don't know who talked about it. I think about might have been Mary. Um, plagiarist and a piece of shit. Yeah. But he, oh god, he was just a piece of work. Anyway, Elias realizes that Jürgen is telling John too many things all at once too soon. Um, and so he goes down whilst John's taking a smoke break, which he shouldn't be doing because he's an idiot. Um, <laughs> and he found a pipe that was laying in the room which John had picked up because he was trying to protect himself. And he picks up this pipe and he's just like, okay, well, Jürgen, it's been a good run. And he just senselessly beats him to death with a pipe and people have this meme about it and it was was it february 14th or february 12th literally like last month was the anniversary of the brutal pipe murder jesus christ people were celebrating it on tiktok it was so bad. Yeah, they were like, oh my god, it's the anniversary of the brutal pipe murder. And I'm like, this is not something we should be celebrating. Yay! <laughs> I mean, we all hated Jürgen, but like, come on. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, and so... Yeah, real quick. Uh, Roma, remember earlier when we, we were complaining about... Well, I complained about the Jürgen reveal and it quickly getting wrapped up. Yes. So that was it. <laughs> yeah, it was all in one episode of. So his name's like written on these books that they're slowly getting revealed and shit. And I'm like, oh yeah, I can't wait for Jurgen. I hate this guy, but he's going to be a big key player. He shows up for one episode and dies in that episode. Like ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. He speaks for he ten minutes that? and then gets instantly murdered. And then Elias pins it on John. Was it worth it? No. Mm-mm. Ah! <laughs> Not really. Damn. Um, anyway, Rip. so Elias pins it on John, and then they later find out. He actually admits to it later. He's like, oh yeah, I murdered Jürgen and Gertrude and pinned it on other people. So what? I was doing the best for the Institute. And by the Institute, I mean me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, guess like geeky girl boss. Yeah. <laughs> he was girl bossing <laughs> it up. <laughs> he was girl bossing a little bit too close to the sun. <laughs> Hey, we all so have he those gets, times. Yeah, he gets arrested, which is going great for him. So Peter Lucas takes over the Institute. And I, I didn't even touch on Mary and Jared. I love Jared. I miss Jared. Jared's such a good character. So, yeah, uh, Mary, Mary and Jared. Mary's Jared's mother. And Mary got really into collecting Jürgen Leitner's books. They're called Leitner's. I feel like I should I should prefer that so I don't have to keep saying Jürgen Leitner's books. Um, he she collects she collects the books, but her favorite book I don't even remember what the book is called. But her favorite book is one where um, I don't remember if it's the book that's made of skin or if it's the paper that's made of skin. But something in the book is made of skin. I'm pretty sure it's the paper. 
I think it's the paper also. Yeah, I think I think she, well, she when people die, she writes this like very specific Sanskrit on on their skin, cuts it off them, dries it, and then puts it in the book so that later on you can read it and they will be summoned as like an ethereal form. And they will give you knowledge that they knew when they were alive. Which is very useful in the case of like Jared, who was also an avatar of the eye and therefore had knowledge about fears and things. Uh, not so useful for his dad, who only just about knew what was happening with Mary when she murdered him. Because he was blind. Mm. It was very sad. I love... Uh, Jerry's dad, I don't remember what his, his dad was called, but Jerry's... Uh, oh, sorry, Jerry is Jared. But he likes okay. to be called Jerry by his friends. So Jerry's dad... Oh, fuck you! <laughs> yeah! Jerry's... <laughs> <laughs> Jerry's dad... Um, he, he... So the way that you... You can't quit the archive. Because once you start working for the archive, you become part of the eye. And the only way to quit working for the archives is to go blind, whether that's naturally or gouging your eyes out. Hotel California. <laughs> Such a lovely place. And Such so a lovely place. Jerry's dad, who who like who's got a newborn at home, he really wants to quit the archives so he can do the best for his son. And so he blinds himself. So he can go home and care for his son the best that he can because he knows that Mary's not fit to be a mother in the way that she would be if she was alone. Um, And then, like, a week later, she kills him in his sleep and then writes on his skin and puts him in the book and never talks to him again. And so Jerry, Jerry's dad not never got to see Jerry properly. And that's so sad to me because he did all of that only to be murdered by his wife. He did all of that to care for his son. And it's so sad. So Jerry Jerry dies. I just does he die of an aneurysm? Or like something with his lungs? I can't remember. He dies of something. And Gertrude very quickly writes the thing on his skin, cuts it out and puts it in the book. Um and Jerry is basically being used as like a um an encyclopedia for fear. <laughs> And ah, he so sure is. He is. So, so John asks him very politely to like put him to rest. So he rips Jerry's page out the book. Oh no! One more thing before he before he does that, he says, "Oh, thanks, Jared." And then Jared goes, "It's Jerry." Sorry, what? I'm my mum calls me Jared, but my friends. I wanted my friends to call me Jerry. I think his only friend ever was Gertrude and Gertrude was only using him for like certain things and it's so sad to think that his only friend was someone he never got to know in his life and that's so sad it's also the thing that his dad called him his dad didn't call him Jared his dad called him Jerry which makes it even sadder when he dies um oh it's um and so he burns his page to finally put Jerry at rest. Um but oh so My so Martin heart. Martin slowly gets indoctrinated into the lonely by Peter Lucas who's taken over the archive. 
Um, and Peter Luca, or oh, Peter, keeps drilling into the fact that um, there's a new fear rising called the extinction, and the the extinction is coming, and it's coming soon. And so, in whilst indoctrinating him into the lonely, he's also trying to train him to get rid of or to prevent the extinction from happening. And one of the things that he has to do is go down to the Panopticon, which is part of the underground prison, um, under the archives. And kill Jonah because if you kill Jonah, uh, Jonah the Jonah in Elias no longer exists, and therefore he can no longer cause the extinction. However, Martin, who's been pushed around his entire life, has only ever been told what to do, has never stood up for himself, suddenly decides, "No, I'm not doing it. I don't want to do it. You can't make me do it." And so. <laughs> <laughs> my a good line in I think it's season four is um Martin asking uh Peter where are his eyes and Elias appears in the background and just goes exactly where they've always been Martin watching over my institute and you're like <laughs> dun 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 <laughs> this motherfucker escaped from jail so he can watch his own murder. <laughs> <laughs> and monologue <laughs> and monologue yeah and martin basically just goes no fuck you and like subsides himself to the lonely and he just goes into the lonely realm to just be lonely for the rest of the time because john's not there and so john john goes down uh, to to the monopticon and is like where's where's martin tell me where he is now um, and so he, using the power of the eye, follows him into the lonely, tries to get in, tries to bring him back, and it doesn't work. So he pretends to fall into the idea of him being lonely because Martin, his lover, his soon-to-be lover, um, no longer wants him around. And then in doing that, Peter is like egging him on into being lonely. And in doing so, he's actually like subsiding himself to his own death. Because once John figures out where he is, he does this funny little thing where he murders him. A little teehee, a little gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Got him. And he's like, I know where you are. And he goes and murders him. Um, I think, I don't know if he murders him then or like in the extinction. I can't actually remember. Uh, but I think he it's gets, in the extinction. It might be. But he gets murdered at some point. Uh, and so him and Martin just decide to go up to the uh, this this cabin in in up in like rural Scotland, um, which is where Daisy used to take people to kill them because it's secluded, which is fair. Uh, fair enough. Um, and so they they are just being happy little gay lovers up in Scotland talking about the good Scottish cows. And I agree because those high, I've seen those Highland cows in person, and they are amazing. And they adorable. are beautiful. Oh, I love them. Baby. I, I I drove past them in my tiny ass three door car, and I went, <laughs> Lewis. My, I went to my brother, and I was like, "Can we have one?" He went, "It won't fit in the car." And I went, "Yes, it will. <laughs> we can chuck you, you out. Let me try. <laughs> we can chuck you out. You don't matter." <laughs> um, I'll name the cow after you. Take that. <laughs> you won't let me steal this random person's cow. How dare you? They, um, I just want to hug them. They just, yeah. Oh. And so Basira, well, the people in the archive keep sending him 
statements to feed his uh, to feed him because if he doesn't do a statement, he'll die. Uh, because he's basically what? like starving himself of fear. It's very complicated. I I don't even. He, it's know because he it isn't works. he like because he's the 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 uh, avatar. Yeah. For the eye. Yeah. And he since he became an avatar, he, he no longer needs it. Yeah, he no longer needs normal sustenance, but he needs the sustenance of the fear of like in taking information essentially. Yeah. Um and so he he does that and and oh Elias sends him a fake statement. And so on the on like at first glance, it looks like a real statement, and halfway through, it just goes, "Hello, John. Sorry for the deception, but I rather thought announcing myself wouldn't be the best idea." And then he basically fought because John has started reading the statement, he can't stop himself. So he basically, oh yeah, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> he basically like he has to read this thing that starts starts the apocalypse. People call it the eye apocalypse, which I find hilarious. That um, <laughs> I love the fandom. Apparently, I got to get in there. It's great, um, and because because uh, uh, he's been touched by every single one of the fears, he can start the eye apocalypse, where the eye watches over all the fears, and the each fear has their own little domain. Um, and they like it's not even like the entire fear, but like each. Like each subsection of each fear has their own little tiny little domain, and it's mm -hmm. so specific. Like some of these are so specific, um, it's like crazy. And so John and Martin, bear in mind they've been in a relationship for like a week. They now have to navigate their way down to London again because they don't have a car. Because you know it's an apocalypse, <laughs> and they have to go through like all of these domains and in in, in each domain john has to stop halfway through and like read a, well not read a statement but like take one of the statements from the people around him and like say it out loud into a tape recorder to feed himself and it is so fucked <laughs> so, it like, is beyond fucked up of just yeah. these people already in their own personal hells and then being like hey tell me about your personal hell yeah oh it's terrifying so like there's there's this one where it's like um they're on a cliff and they're down a ladder <laughs> and, <sighs> and they have to jump off the ladder but they know that they won't die at the end it will just hurt a lot and that is like terrifying. And John has to stop at the end of the ladder to take a statement. Oh my! <laughs> and it's God. like John, you could not have picked a worse time to do this. Yeah. And so they they travel <sighs> through they travel through the domains. They eventually find like they find Martin's domain because each person who was special to the eye has their own little domain, which includes Martin because Martin is John's boyfriend. Which is very cute. I Aww. love their little relationship. Give me your own little their domain. little week, the little week of um, solitude, and then hell. And so they they have they find his little domain, and it's basically people who were ignored in like academics and their work environment. And so people who put in all the work, who did all this dedication to their to their work or to their academics, and they got none of the recognition. And they've been like disconnected from everything they've done. 
Mm-hmm. And, oh, and Martin gets sucked into this. Hey everyone, it's Kingdom. Sorry, there's some supernatural interference with Demon's microphone here. I'll do what I can, but just bear with me. Sorry about this. And he basically sees much of himself. That if he gets subconscious, he himself. Um, oh, in it, and in this time, whilst Martin's doing that, uh, John's killing Helen because Helen tried to kill him in a hotel. Very confusing. There's so much um, happening. There is. There is. Hence why I'm listening to it three times. <laughs> oh, goodness. And they eventually reach London. And um, they go into the Panopticon where Elias is. And basically, Elias is like overwhelmed with all this fear and knowledge to the point where he is no longer there presently. Like, you can, like, scream and shout at him. You could even, like, stab him and he wouldn't notice. And so they, they go back, regroup. They think about what they need to do. Oh, I forgot. Annabelle Kane. She's an avatar of the web. Um, the web is the idea of being controlled. She's seeing people. Uh, she shows that in this one house. Ooh, you're getting a little robot-y. Oh, am I sorry? I'm not going Am I better? Yes. Okay. Um, so she uh, has this thing with the house, and she's been using the tapes of the web, uh, and there's a portal to another universe, but it's not technically open yet because it needs to the the eye needs to be destroyed for it to open. Okay. They regroup, figure out how to kill Elias, who is technically Jonah. Um. And they decide that Martin needs to be the one to do it because if John does it, he'll he'll just kind of be swapping places with Elias, and so the eye won't actually be destroyed. It will just kind of like swap people, mm. and the power will shift over. And so a new meat puppet, essentially. Yeah, and so they they stick to that plan, but John goes early and kills Elias behind everyone's back. Um, but Martin predicted this and told everyone to go, like, set off an explosion early, just in case. Uh, and so he goes up to the Panopticon, sees that John has been taken over with this, like, basically taken over from Jonah. And John looks at Martin and he just goes, I'm sorry, sorry, I'm so sorry, but you're going to have to kill me. It has to be you. The eye won't let me kill me. Um... And Martin is just like, no, there has to be another way. We can't do this. We've, we've just, <laughs> just so much has just happened. You know, we, we're in love. And we need to do this. And they, and they basically decide that if they die together, they could, they don't know what's going to happen, but at least they'll be doing it together. And so Martin has to kill John. And then it cuts back to their friends looking through the rubble of, of, what used to be London, um, back in the normal world where there is no fear whatsoever. Well, I mean, there's fear, but not the fear entities. Um, and they're looking for John and Martin and they can't find them. And they eventually resign themselves to the idea that they are not there anymore. And then it ends. 
boom. Yeah. Yeah. It is. There is so much that I haven't even talked about. <laughs> I'm so stressed. One of the, the coolest things I found about this um, that we didn't uh, touch on was, you know, these... Um, what the hell was it called? Avatars. Fears. Not the avatars, the, the like the ceremonies for the gods. The rituals. The rituals. So Gertrude, the previous archivist, spent her whole time as the archivist, like finding fears that were close to doing their ritual and like disrupting it in some way so they don't bring mm-hmm. their fear into the world. Um but then we later find out from when uh Elias is monologuing through the tape recorder, he's like, hey. Uh, none of those rituals would have worked anyway because mm-hmm. all of the fears had to come into our world at the same time. They all had to be manifested at the same time because mm-hmm. it's like essentially it's part of the same being in a way, yeah. which is why John was needed to touch all of the different fears to manifest it into reality. Mm-hmm. Oh, another thing. Gertrude left the archive in disarray in an attempt to set back the eye from becoming closer to creating an apocalypse. And then when John came along, because he didn't know Gertrude personally and because she was murdered and, and hidden, all of her tapes were hidden with her, he didn't know that was her plan, so he started sorting through the archive, and that is eventually what led to the apocalypse happening. Him trying to get the archive together in one place, all all neat and tidy. <laughs> Damn. Yes. Me too, John. Me too. I love I mean, organizing like, I get shit. it, but like, I don't think me cleaning my room would start an apocalypse, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it could. Have you I mean, tried? I maybe, maybe. I should, <laughs> I should try a little. You know, light some candles, say a few words next time I do it. Yeah, <laughs> the, uh, try to avoid silver bugs. Oh, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Uh, I am. I. I honestly am so. Fr- the the Magnus Archives is a much more in depth program that I ever gave it credit for. I just thought it was the cute gay boys and the spooky shit. There are so many hidden details that you, like, when you listen back and you're like, oh, oh. You're screaming and pointing at the air because it's an audio format. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I've I've gotten so deep in this that I have a cassette recorder and I've recorded my favorite Slash important episodes onto it. Uh, you went oh deep, God. deep. I am so cool. Deep, deep. <laughs> That's a level below where I thought I was. I'm like, eh, I feel like I'm pretty there, just like not really super deep, but I feel like I'm deep enough in there. But then I look down this chasm and I just hear your voice echoing. <laughs> no, I when I say this had me by the throat, I mean it literally. Like I am I'm in deep. It's got to the point where my friends are like, please, for the love of God, stop talking about the Magnus Archives. <laughs> Just send them this episode. It's like, I'm here. going to. I'm going to be like, hey, guys, if you don't want to listen to the Magnus Archives, listen to this instead. It's just a three hour long podcast. <laughs> it's just me talking about it. So I don't have to do it directly anymore. It's pre-recorded. 
I've got it packaged up nice and neat for you. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to send this to everyone I know and be like, you know what? You, you want to know what's going on with my life? Here you go. Yeah, this has been everything out. since 2019. Enjoy. <laughs> it's all Magnus Archive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If it wasn't for the the pandemic, I probably wouldn't have got back into it after 2019. Oh, true. You know what? Yeah. I feel that. I respect that. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! It's the whole like TikTok culture of it. Why didn't TikTok give this to me? TikTok <laughs> gave me a lot of things, but it did not give me the Magnus archives. I mean, Tumblr tried. <laughs> Tumblr definitely tried, and it was kind of like the neighbor that wanted to become friends, and I was like, no, you stay a neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> I like those gay boys. Just keep them right there so I can keep looking at them, but that's where you're going to stay. <laughs> My hit cannons are happy where they are. Yeah. <laughs> but no longer, they are no longer happy. I need to know more. Um, I love my apocalypse boyfriends. Um mm-hmm. I love my chaotic bisexual who died instantly, it sounds like. Yeah, there's also the apocalypse lesbians. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> that I didn't even mention. There's there's Melanie who, go, well, she hole-punched her eyes uh, so she would go blind to escape from the eye. Ow, and, the- and then and she did it with a lot of will. <laughs> you know Pure what? Spy at that point. She's stronger than I. Yeah, and then then there's Georgie, her girlfriend, who is incapable of feeling fear. Well, you so she escaped. She escaped all of this. Yeah, I fuck. I fuck. I can't. That's. Uh, uh, oh, I, can't I forgot to mention. Martin. Uh, no, John is confirmed asexual, which is like we don't get many asexual rep, and so I'm Hell so yeah. happy. <laughs> As yeah. an asexual, it's my favorite. <laughs> Wait, so wait, so John is in Jonathan Sims? Yeah. The main character is asexual. I love it. Well, I love it. I feel that, especially as a One Piece enjoyer. And, uh, you know, we got Luffy. He's he's just our autistic asexual boy who wants to be king of the pirates. Like, I get it. I love this representation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, we we need more asexual work. But they mention it once in conversation, but no one ever treats it like it's something strange. Uh, like they, they, it's like like uh, break room gossip. They're like, oh yeah, Georgie and and John used to date, and according to Georgie, he just isn't interested. What do you mean not interested? He just isn't interested. Oh okay, that's cool for him, and that's it. That's Hell the end of the conversation. Yeah. I love it. They don't ask prying questions. They don't ask weird questions, and that's it. I love it. It's Hell the. Yeah. It's like the. Well, not for the fear, but it's like the best reality where people are just accepting of just other people's choices of what's going on. Again, not because of the fear. The fear uh, makes this world the worst timeline. But from <laughs> representation, it's the best timeline. Yeah, I I have this like personal theory that the fear because uh, because of um, Annabelle's web in and the portal going to the to different dimensions. I have the I have a theory that the um. All of the fear came to our dimension, to our universe. Because I why feel like would that was we have, heavily implied. Why do we have all these tapes? And why can we listen to it if it's not come to us? I thought the exact same thing. <laughs> I'm that, so glad that, I'm not the only one. It ended and they're like, all right, well, if we do this, we might end up getting pulled in with the fear also and blah, 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 blah and all this mm. shit. And I'm like, 
yeah, yeah. And it came here. Yeah, and that's why we can hit because uh, the 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 uh, the trailer. I don't want to say trailer. What's what's um the little announcement? The thing that they they post to make you interested in something teaser. Mm-hmm. The teaser. Um, the teaser for the new series is Martin picking up a tape recorder and going, "Oh, hello. Are you still listening?" And it's like, uh, if, why would he ask that if it hasn't come to our universe? I hate that, but it's, I love it. I hate I'm it. so excited for the new series. I can't wait. Uh, do you, this. This also has activated a a, a memory. I don't want to call it a core memory, but <laughs> a fear, if you will, for lack of better words. So I I walked into this whole Magnus Archives thing, you know, again, it's it's my my spooky little boyfriends and I loved it. And then I find out that it's actually, uh, you know, like a fun, casual, spooky show. And then to find out that it might be a little more than casual, spooky, uh, mm-hmm. I guess, depending on on what your definition of spooky is. But um, I think somebody one of you mentioned analog horror and you activated the Mandela uh, <laughs> archives uh, fear of mine. Uh, I To briefly go over it, uh, my partner Tony is absolutely obsessed with the Mandela archives. I think that's what it's called. Um, and it scared the shit out of me, but I couldn't remember what it was called until just now. So at the point that you mentioned analog horror, I looked it up and uh, scared the shit out of myself. And now I've tripled scared the shit out of myself because now I'm thinking about the fears in our dimension. So thanks. <laughs> you are very welcome. <laughs> but no, to fair, there's only there's only been one episode where I could not listen. And it's I don't remember what it's called, but it's about an abandoned kebab shop. Ah. Uh... I don't I don't remember this too much. So so the abandoned kebab shop is um this this one dude uh murdered his wife and put him into the uh, put her into the kebab meat and I basically turned his customers into cannibals. Which is very good for him. He gets arrested, um, done for quite a few crimes. The kebab go- kebab shop gets gutted out and closed down and gets abandoned uh one day this one dude goes into the kebab shop um after seeing some teenagers in there graffitiing something um and he is exploring this abandoned kebab shop and he turns around and bearing in mind this place is pitch black and i was listening to this like in the dark as i was like trying to recoup from a migraine and um he looks down into a cabinet, like an open cabinet that is literally pitch black, and all he sees is two eyes and a smiling, grinning mouth. I <laughs> hate at that. that point, I paused it and threw my headphones off. Because, <laughs> <laughs> again, it was pitch black in my room, and I have like blackout curtains, and all I could see, all I could imagine in my mind was these fucking eyes staring back at me in the dark. I didn't sleep that night. <laughs> no, no. I, I had uh, my own fear. Uh, so I was doing like a career job at the time. So I was just listening to podcasts while driving. Mm-hmm. And they 
this the the morning that I listened to this specific series of episodes was they're like, yeah, we used to have a really bad ant problem and shit. And they were like in the vans and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, God, that's terrifying. I don't know what I would do because I'm usually driving on the highway. I can't just pull over and deal with ants. And then it was the episode of Martin being trapped in his home. Mm hmm. For 13 days and the sound effects of these little silver worms of them like, and I'm like yeah. so I kept oh. feeling like there was stuff crawling oh, on me while I'm driving. Yeah. No. Oh, I hate that. Bad vibes. Uh-uh. uh-uh. I just drove in silence after that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Valid. Oh god. But the problem is I keep hearing songs that all of my friends listen to. Um, and, and relating them back, like in my own mind, relating them back to the Magnus archives. And so I re- listen to those songs on repeat and my friend's like, oh, you must be really enjoying that song. And I'm like, yes, it reminds me of this one character, but you don't want to hear me talk about that one character. So I'm going to shut up now. This one is my Jonathan Sims song. This one. <laughs> yeah. So I have, I have a Michael song. Um, I have an Agnes song. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I have a couple other songs. Uh, no, in fact, I'm waiting for a new song to come out to be my John song. Gotcha. Um, I'm very excited for that to come out. I don't know when it's coming out though. I need to check. Oh man, I am, I am having the the thing that I have at every end of these episodes where I just go, oh, mm-hmm. I'm like, it's like I I can't even find the right way to describe it, but I'm just like, so soaked up in the serotonin from acquiring a new thing in my brain but also now it's the um staring into the pit and i see the glint of lewis's glasses hanging off of a ladder and then (laughs) and then there's little horns from a demon just so you know a little ways below that (laughs) well whenever i learn something new i take a moment and i'm like just remember this is what the eye wants Ah, it's ruined it's ruined so many things for me i can't watch documentaries anymore you know the eye would love me yeah (laughs) Yeah. you know this podcast in a way is just like a servant of the eye yeah i I cannot tell you how many things i have like experienced since getting back into the magnus archives and all i can think about is oh this would be great for this entity and this would be great for that entity and i'm like shut fuck up brain (laughs) <laughs> I don't care that this aligns with the slaughter. <laughs> Let me just enjoy this context by itself without introducing Magnus Archive again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, please, for the love of God, let me enjoy Valorant. What? <laughs> let me enjoy Minecraft. <laughs> I need to know which fear likes Minecraft. The vast. The lonely. That, uh... The lonely. The, the vast and the lonely um, are very co-aligned. Because the bigger the space, the lonelier you feel. That sounds like a beautiful toxic relationship. <laughs> it is. Peter, I don't care how lonely it makes you feel. You cannot play Minecraft on my laptop. <laughs> Wait, are Peter and Martin tight? Peter <laughs> Peter is like a, a a father figure to Martin. Ah. In a in a toxic way. <laughs> I hate that. Because Martin's Martin's dad left Martin and his mom, and he Martin then had to care for his mom after she experienced health issues, Aww. and Martin's mom became very toxic towards him because he is the spitting image of the man who left her. 
Uh, it's so bad. Honestly, I love Martin so much. He does not deserve half the shit he got. Poor baby. Poor yeah. little baby man. Aww. I think my favorite thing about the, the cast, the, the voice actors, is they are so willing to just say random shit that people have given them to say. It, it creates such great memes, such as Elias going, Nyah. <laughs> <laughs> I just have it saved somewhere. If Wait just a minute. Randomly, Elias going, Nyah. Oh, what was the other one? Oh, my God. So you're telling me this kitty man, this 200-year-old kitty man, that's the that's the director? No. 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 That's that? John so, and Jonathan Martin. Sims and Alexander J. Newell. Uh, Alexander plays... Martin, Jonathan Sims plays Jonathan Sims. He's very creative. <laughs> Wait, so this uh, this fan art of this 200-year-old man with cat ears. That's Elias. Okay, that's what I was... Okay, the head so that's of the why, Institute. Yeah. So the Nya led to this. Yeah. Alright, that's what I needed to know. Wasn't Gertrude voiced by John's mom? I have no idea. At this point, I'm just going to find out. I think that the voice actor is John's mom because would not be surprised. I'm pretty sure that I that this is either a a made up memory or it's it's real. But it feels I'm like 95 percent it's real, at least in this universe. Maybe a universe hopped, but I'm pretty sure that was his mom. So it's kind of ironic that the predecessor to John is his mom. I'm gonna look it up real quick. You find that out. I know we are starting to at least the vibe check I'm getting is that we're starting to approach the end here. So is there mm -hmm. any other closing thoughts you have or maybe I could hit you with a question? Okay, one more thing. Um Hell and yeah. then a question. My favorite uh, uh, my favorite thing that the Elias voice actor has said is I hope this email finds you a broken husk of a man. <laughs> I <laughs> work in a professional environment where I'd love to use that. You should. It's great. You should use it on your enemies, specifically. I okay. have... Uh, I got I need... trivia real quick. Okay. Gertrude Robinson is Jonathan Sims' mom. Oh. Cannon, cannon, cannon. <laughs> and Jürgen Lettner is voiced by his dad. Oh my cannon, god! Cannon, cannon. <laughs> oh my god. You know what? I'm not surprised. I shouldn't be surprised. And Georgie is voiced by his spouse. Oh, okay. That doesn't surprise me, actually. That that does sound about right. It makes sense why they, they were in a past relationship. Just an excuse. <laughs> yeah. All right, Roma. Sorry for interrupting. No, you're what, good. What is the question? So, it is the year 2023. We are almost finishing the first fiscal quarter. And where do you see this hyperfixation of yours with the Magnus Archives? Where do you see this taking you? Do you see it taking you on a complete journey on the third listen through? Do you oh, see absolutely. it taking you to a new intellectual property as uh, Night Vale might have for you once before? Oh, yeah. So I'm I'm going to London Comic Con in June. Hell uh, yeah. One of the characters I will be cosplaying is John. Hell yeah. I will be taking the cassette player and all of the cassette tapes that I have recorded. You beautiful human being, you. <laughs> I'm very excited. I will be posting many photos. Please do. Every time you eat a meal, you have to play a cassette. Oh, yeah. No, I, I have like all of my favorite memes loaded up on the one with the, the, the song intro. 
<laughs> simply because I can. <laughs> the, the tape's thirty minute long. Uh, th- the tape is thirty minutes long. I need to pad it out with something. <laughs> hey, <yo. laughs> the meme sounded like the best. The best idea. Ah, oh, I I need pictures of this. Please send us pictures when. Oh, absolutely. This happens. Oh yeah. my god. I mean, it won't be like for another two, three months. So yeah, listeners, keep an eyeball out. Get in the Discord. Absolutely. <laughs> uh Lewis, do you have any uh th- closing thoughts? I know this is also a hyperfixation of yours. Um no, we talked about everything I wanted to talk about and more and anything yeah, that I yeah. didn't directly think of as um as we went across it. I was like, "Oh, yes, that thing. I want to <laughs> talk." <laughs> Even that was the advantage of having weird. three listens through. Yeah. <laughs> It's, too it's, much knowledge up here. I I've got like a a, a co feeling one of that like getting knowledge dumped into me. It's just like kind of euphoric of like yeah, now I know more about a thing. But also mm. the other feeling of like yeah, I got to make my friend listen to a thing I was excited <laughs> about. It's it, I, for a second there, I was like, you took my line, and then I was like, wait, you also took my other line. That's my season finale. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Uh, I really like this dynamic. This, I will say, uh, and regular listeners will pick up on this and new listeners might not realize this, but this is the first time we've had a format like this where we've had two people who knew and one who didn't, i.e. me. Um, usually it's just uh, one, like one person who's knowledgeable with another person who isn't. And so this is really fun. I really like this dynamic. So do I. It's really on. nice to finally have someone else to bounce things off of. Absolutely. Instead of my friends just being like, oh, do we have to do that fucking Jürgen Leitner rant again? Yeah. No. I found out really quick that no one, none of my friends wanted to hear about it. And the only person who was mildly interested was Roma. It's like, I would love to get into that someday. And I'm like, okay, I won't mm-hmm. do any spoilers, but it was really cool. Yeah, see, so the, the problem is, like, some of my friends aren't into, like, horror. And so they don't want to hear it because, like, it can be triggering for them. But mm-hmm. some of my friends are so aligned with the very specific entities. I just want to tell them, but I know that I'm like overstepping a boundary and it sucks. <laughs> I've assigned you the headcanon. You are now. Yeah. One of my friends is obsessed with the clowns and their Discord name is literally a clown. They are so stranger aligned. And they need to know, they need to get into it, but, like, I don't want to overstep a boundary. This person listens to this podcast and goes, oh, wait, that's me. I will make them. <laughs> Goodness. Ah, thank you. Thank you, both of you, for this. I know I, I was told about this uh, to this afternoon, and I'm glad I made it. And I'm, I've, I feel good. I feel great. It is, it is great. I feel amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I feel I felt like an overeager um, partner. Like if someone expressed interest in you, and you're like, "Oh, you're interested in me," and then I just immediately was just like, "How about we go see each other later? We do this, we do that," and that's what the emails <laughs> felt like. Do it now. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, you, you, you you're available today. I see. How about tonight?" Uh, <laughs> taps yeah. pointer fingers together. Uwu, please talk to me. Uwu, let's talk about the gay spooky voice. <laughs> I mean, as someone who literally has a, like zero sleep schedule and um a lot of free time <laughs> we can do this every day if i'm okay with that like wait well, hold up what time is it for you right now 
It is 2.30 a.m. Oh, oh my, my lord. <laughs> this is a normal Tuesday for me. Actually, it's Wednesday now. As, as long as you're enjoying it, that's all that matters. I'm loving this. To fair, my, I'm usually up late this late with my friends anyways. So it's oh, good, normal. good, 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 good. I used to be. I used to, I honestly, I used to work the 4 a.m. to noon shift. Uh, I was, I was up, wake up 2 a.m. All right, now I start gaming. Mm-hmm. But now I work a normal 9 to 5. I've sold my soul to capitalism. Oh, that's the last. Uh, it is. Anywho, I think I think I think we're good. We we don't we don't have any other things. I f- I feel good. Yeah. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Hell yeah, yeah. So <laughs> um we shall get into the the out the the plugs. Uh demon. Is there places oh, that people can huh? I'm pulling up my Twitch. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> I remember is, the remember the actual name. Hell yeah, where can people find you on the internet? So you can find me at uh, twitch.tv slash demons underscore hunt. And then uh, most of my socials are are the same. Some with the underscore, some without the underscore, some with the slash. Hell yeah. Plug them into just about any uh, social media and you'll you'll eventually find me. I have the same. I I should have the same icon for, for everything. Hell yeah, hell yeah. And of course, uh, come on into the Discord and chat with us about the Magnus Archives. And I'll promise I'll keep you all updated on my on my progress. Lewis, where can people find you on the Internet? If you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter at the Selborsiul, S-E-L-B-O-R-S-I-U-L, where I have been pretty active and just most recently ranting about how TikTok showed me a fat phobic video and I got very angry. Angie, oh. you're valid. Valid, yeah. That's 100% fair. And when I got your tweet notifications on, and when I saw that, I was like, who do I need to buy? Who do I need to fight? <laughs> um, oh, uh, uh, I'm trying to th- segue. Please hold. I'm turning on the segue. I'm getting on the segue. I'm now riding into the sunset with Paul Blart. <laughs> wow. <laughs> The American dream? Yeah, I salute to the American dream, Paul Blart, and I say, you can find me on the internet. I, I appreciate your butt at the twitter.com. That is I-A-P-P-R-E-C-I, the number eight, U-R-B-U-T-T. You can find me most anywhere that way. And I tweet nonstop. I don't shut up, and I am not sorry about it. Uh, that's how I live my life. Yes. <laughs> Tumblr's the same, except it's spelled correctly. <laughs> Anywho. That's all I got. And now we now I jump off the Segway and I crash it into the <laughs> the other version, the rest of the plugs that will be put in post later. Thank you to the Moonshot Network for making this podcast happen. You can find this show and many other amazing shows at tw- uh, twitter.com forward slash Moonshot Pods. You can also catch the network streaming on twitch.tv forward slash Moonshot Network. Uh, and the next on the list is plug uh, the editor, which is me. Uh, so thanks, Kingdom, for editing it. No problem, dude. Um, <laughs> if you have a podcast you need an editor for, attack on Kingdom T A C H Y O N Kingdom. It's like this is my this is my Better Call Saul moment. Did you know you have editors? The Constitution says you do. 
And thank you to Offuscate for our intro and outro music. You can find them at Offuscate on Instagram, Twitter, and SoundCloud. So check out their stuff. Also, we have a TikTok. You probably already know that, but it's just the Hyperfix pod at TikTok. I remembered that at the end. Be careful. Don't die. Do not follow Jürgen Leitner's footsteps. And we do. distant realms, explore the furthest reaches of the universe, survive deadly dangers, experience matters of the heart, and more in a new actual play podcast. Join me, Audrey, that's right, just me, as I play tabletop games designed for one player. From journaling games to tarot games to even games that take me outside, I'm bringing you along for the ride. Join me for every episode of Alone at the Table.